Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into the big one double O episode 100 of Justified Pursuit. It is great to be here with you and it is great to see good counselor Chisholm Cook's smiling face as well. And I just learned something interesting about Chisholm's, like, I don't I don't know why he's living in, uh, like, third world country status. Hold on. But he just told me he doesn't even have heat in his before, truck. Before we get to the, <laughs> before we get to the entree, let's, let's do appropriate homage to this milestone. In the words of our brilliant and, and totally uh, coherent and, and uh, you know, with it president, uh, President Joseph R. Biden, this is a big ago. effing deal. Yes, it it's is a big effing deal. Who you know when we one hundred when we agreed to uh, pursue this undertaking, this justified pursuit. I don't know. I think we we thought we would do it and just kind of see where it went. And but I don't. I mean, it's over two years now, or about what two yeah, years? A little. We've been I think we this. started in like August of that twenty twenty campaign year. Yeah, slash pandemic year. So so kudos to us for sticking with it. And thank you for continuing to uh, listen. Yeah, I'm somewhat impressed that we've managed to be at 100 episodes after probably 60 weeks of having done this. We've been pretty damn consistent with it, you know. And our wives have been very uh, no, 120 weeks, very supportive of this endeavor that makes us exactly zero dollars. No, it's probably 110 weeks. And 100 episodes. So, yeah. I mean, zero dollars. Takes a lot of our time. I, will, I listen. All the stuff we talk about, I'm absorbing whether we're putting it out there or not. So, But it's cathartic to discuss. It is the straight white man's uh, therapy. Mm. We've already talked about this. According to, I think it was the Times that had that article. Mm, I, don't, I think you're alienating some of our other listeners that might not be white. Because I'm talking about actually podcasting. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Actually, podcasting is, yeah, you're probably just straight men's. Uh, now I think you've encompassed ninety eight percent of our listeners. <laughs> There's ladies that listen. I know. I, I know. I'm me. giving them two percent. We have a new listener, uh, really good friends of ours from church. She thinks we're hilarious. She She's also hilarious. one of the she most. She thinks you're pretty stoic. I imagine. Dude, I'm funny. I'm just, I'm just a <laughs> that was more. funny. <laughs> See? Yeah, you are funny. I'm just more Maybe subtle about it. Dry. Uh-huh. Yeah, the kids yeah. at the uh, the kids at the youth group. Uh, they have come to appreciate my very dry uh, sense of humor. Oh, so I don't remember if you said this on the show or if you were just telling me about this in passing. But you watched the the Ovan special, the Netflix one, and he goes. Uh, my cousin was in San Francisco in a, a, bit gay, by dude. a gay dude. Yeah, he got bit by a gay dude. So, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I saw that the other night. I just started laughing. It's funny, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was hilarious. So you want to talk about my good my looking third... mullet that man has. That's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about my third world uh, truck? Yes. As yes, you yes, it? yes. So, you know, we live in Texas where it's 
usually so hot that your balls are sweating nine months of the year. Uh, and dude. down here in what is technically South Texas, call it 10 and a half months out of the year. Mm-hmm. You guys actually have a winter up there in DFW. It's been really nice, uh, a really nice fall so far. And we had that first cold front this past week and temperature was like in the thirties. No. Yeah. And, uh, you just told me that you don't have any heat in your truck, which right. it Going gets on... cold in Texas, just not for very long. Right. Cold enough to be more comfortable with the heat on in the truck. That's for sure. <laughs> so why are you living a third world existence for? Well, as I was explaining year? when you said, Oh, we need to record this. I, mm-hmm. it went out winter before last. So I guess the 2020, 2021, uh, winter and it was like you know january probably when it first stopped working um i believe what it is there's a little um basically just a little flap on a solenoid that uh, uh i guess it's a valve technically that like allows the heat from your engine into your uh air you know system mm-hmm. so that's what blows hot air at you and it can just like crap out and just be stuck closed. <clears throat> AC blows cold. But anyway, so yeah, when it went out, it was almost the end of our winter to the extent we have one. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to get it fixed now. And then last year, you know, winter around here kind of is a gradual wait, wait thing. Wait a second. That was snowpocalypse, February 2020. You had no heat for that. Yeah, but I couldn't go anywhere. So what? I went everywhere. I don't I know for sure get, that you know what I, was I don't know do? exactly when it went out to your point. I was driving I around definitely went all of North Texas trying to find a damn COVID test so I could go to Africa. Because <laughs> I left I bounced, I'm like Ted Cruz. I bounced up out of here and said, Bye, baby. I Good did go out. This. I did go out during like right when the st- the snow actually I think it was still snowing. I went out for a cruise just to see what the town looked like. Uh, but I can't tell you if I was wearing like a parka or not. I I don't remember if I had heat yet at heat at that exact moment or not, but I okay, definitely okay. know it was that That's winter. a word that Texans don't use very often. Right. But that day I would have needed one. <laughs> right. Yeah. I do have the Kafaru Lost Park Parka, huh. which is really just like a hoodie jacket, but it's like made for survival. Like you yeah. can't I, I've never been in cold enough weather to need it other than that storm. Hmm. That was <clears throat> intense. But yeah. Uh, the people weren't driving. I was in a lot because I couldn't find anywhere that had power to give me my COVID test so that I could get on a plane and go to South Africa. And then I felt a little bad leaving Aaron here with no electricity and no water and three kids and things are like the next day they start thawing out. And luckily we had turned our water off because like so many other people, the pipes would have busted or well, our neighbor's pipes busted. He's like, you should turn your water off. So we did. <laughs> Uh, but you know, she sorted it out. She's a trooper. As you saw on my, uh, recent Instagram video. I did. Um, she didn't seem like she was really like sucking it up and, uh, you know, uh, in total agreement with your nonsense in that particular instance. She didn't seem like she wasn't going to have, she didn't seem amused by you one bit. Uh, well, I guess I interpreted it differently. <laughs> like she had the look of a woman who could just vanish on you at any given moment. For I'm referencing uh Africa 2023 is May 20th through like the 31st, and then I'll be home for like three days, and then I'm going to Canada for a week to go bear hunting. 
So I was just kind of like getting an honest reaction, like in real time, like laying this on her, seeing, seeing how that would go. Speaking of hunting trips, though, you're about to uh, embark. She just on... the sad thing is there was no like frustration or anger or even questioning. She just seemed broken and demoralized. Yes, like... that is the exactly right. She's broken. I I broke her. And if you don't, and here's the other thing, and let me give you a little advice Yikes, for the 98 percent of our listeners. If they ask a question about when you're going to be home from your hunting or fishing trip, you do not tell them a specific time. You just say, I'll be home when I get home. And then they can't be disappointed. Don't set yourself up for failure. I'm going to make sure to add your marriage to my prayer list. (laughs) Hey, we're almost 15 years into this thing and it's only getting better. Yeah, same here. Because once they're broken... The hard work is done. This is dark. Let's let's move on. <laughs> it isn't. No, she, it's, it's great. It's great. We have a lot. Le- you know what? I'll be honest with you. There's no more fight. There's really a lot less fighting. When the kids were younger, there was about once a year where I'd be traveling for hunting and she'd have a breakdown and it would all come to a head. We don't do that anymore. Good. She accepts me for me. It's a beautiful thing. Perfect. Yeah. She's, are a, very, she's, she's uh, a light in the world. This is not a dark conversation. She's a bright, shining light. She's a saint. I had to explain to my friend uh, Butcher, who I've mentioned before, who's been a, a longtime listener of ours, that you're actually working when you go on these trips. He's like, what does that guy do? Like, all he ever does is go on vacation. And I was like, no, technically he's working. And he's right. like, oh, so like his parents have money? <laughs> I was like, I mean, not like extraordinarily. You know, not particularly. I don't, not do any that. that I'm seeing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I wish yeah, he doesn't have a trust fund. That's for sure. Yeah. At least not I that certainly I know wish of. I did money can't buy happiness, but I think it can help. That definitely relieves some stress. Although some people with money don't even have a heater in their truck. So what do I know? I don't have, I mean, you say have money. I, you know, I mean, you're I not have, destitute. Have, you can, aff- I have to fix this minor issue with my heater. I would imagine, but yeah. Well, hopefully you'll get that. Uh, although with diesel prices right now, putting any more money into that truck seems like uh, irresponsible. God, I might. Here's the here's the good thing about your truck. A gallon. It's in your driveway. Mine's still at the shop. <laughs> That's right. That's a good point. The worst of my concerns is that I don't have heat when it gets cold for all of six weeks out of the year. Have I updated? Have I given an update on the truck situation that it was the insurance agent said it was rodents that yeah caused the problem? Yeah. So here we are. Two weeks later, and I still don't have a truck, although I did get a rental today. So I was like, I got to have a truck for deer season. So they gave me another Chevy, unfortunately. So the whole conversation about the heater came from the fact that I uh, am right now mentally committed, but we'll see when my alarm goes off at 545, uh, how committed I stay to getting my ass up in the morning and going to the lake to do 1200 meters or so of swimming, despite the fact that it'll be like 45 or 50 degrees which it would be one thing because the lake water is still probably in the 70s you suck at swimming so you should probably go i definitely need to the water will be warmer than the air and i have a new wetsuit which i've only worn once which will keep me plenty warm in the water but the idea of getting in my cold ass truck and you know being cold all the way to the (laughs) lake (laughs) and then putting that damn wetsuit on to then jump in the water like there was one morning back in august when i was getting ready for the race where it was kind of cool i think maybe we had a little bitty mild like late summer front 
Uh-huh. And it was like uh, probably 65, uh, might even been early September. Um, and it, so it was just cool enough that I was like a little chilly, you know, I didn't have my wetsuit yet. Right. And I was just wearing my mm-hmm. singlet, which fascinates your, your me. little butt pad thing. My, that you have. my triathlon singlet. And I was like, Oh man, it's chilly. But then I got in the water and the water was actually warm. Uh, it's gonna be a lot colder tomorrow. Yeah. So, hmm. well, I, I think you should, should do it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be here rooting you on. Thanks. From a nice, warm, heated house. Uh, I'm having a little bit of like uh, PTSD because earlier this week I was taping this interview for my real job. Yes, Butcher, I do have a real job. Uh, This guy that wrote this book, Bringing Back the Lions, great book on uh, like recovering this part of Mozambique that had been decimated by civil war and slash and burn and all. basically all the wildlife was extirpated 30 years ago and they've brought it back. Anyway, I got about 30 minutes into that conversation and looked down and was like, freaking idiot. You didn't hit the record button. So I'm like having that, uh, I'm looking up like every 30 seconds, like, you know, I think we've taped maybe a whole episode one time. Yeah. We definitely lost an episode once. I think it was just a long time though. But I don't think it has, it's happened since then. I was told the guy, I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. We're going to start over. This is the, uh, podcaster's nightmare, but it's happened to all of us. Yeah. Yeah, did um, he have a sense of humor about it? <laughs> he did. He said he loves my radio voice, and he was perfectly fine to continue talking and retape oh, nice. the first thirty minutes. Yeah. Um. So no, you're no. leaving for Montana. Yep. Is your Sunday, rifle sighted in? Sunday. Yes, I'm. We talked about that offline, right? Are you three hundred wind mag in it, or what are you taking? Short mag, wind short mag. Yeah, nice. My wisdom, as they say mm. in the game. Um. Yes. So technically it was already sighted in, but not where I wanted it for this particular mm-hmm. hunt. Um, I don't recall if I would have brought it up on the show last spring, but uh, I've got this 300 Winchester short mag uh, that we've had in a gun safe for several years that nobody's really ever shot. Pulled it out last year, was playing with it a little bit and found that the old, it had a big, probably 24 power Redfield on it. Mm-hmm. My dad had bought it off of a guy. Um, it had scratches and even like tiny dents in the scope. <laughs> and when we pulled it out, uh, got ready to take a shot and noticed it was like off center and then like grabbed it and realized it was just like spinning freely in the mounts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so for my birthday back in January, I decided to get myself a proper long range scope because a 300 Winchester short mag is a pretty good long range caliber. Yeah. Uh, it actually has pretty comparable ballistics to like a, uh, you know, Winchester mag or even a Remington ultra mag. I think the ultra mag is a little bigger, but, um, it's like I'm pushing 180 grain bullet at over 2,900 feet per second. Right. So it's I like big bullets because I, yeah. I, don't, like, I don't like tracking animals. You know who the best tracker is? The six, five Creedmoor shooter. <laughs> joke only your lone star outdoor show fans will get but yeah and i have a six five creedmoor but i don't shoot big game animals with it anyway. um yeah so i threw that scope on it last year i got a vortex uh who should be sponsoring this show in addition to your show mm-hmm. uh back in january our first sponsor yeah 
threw it on there other than the guy who got us barbecue, which I haven't got my gift card, by the way. It's sitting right here. I'll mail. Actually, I'll just bring it to you to deer camp. Maybe I'll bring, bring the, I'll buy, bring the buy the barbecue and just bring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I threw that thing on there, took it for that orcs hunt in March, but you know, that animal was like 90 yards away. So didn't need a 24 power scope for a 90 yard shot by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and then haven't touched the gun since then. So a friend of mine, I do think I've mentioned him before from our church who was a Marine Corps sniper, his neighbor has a 700 yard range on his property uh-huh. uh, with like concrete, like benches built in at like 230. He's got one at 125, 230, uh, 235, I think, 429. And then you can shoot from his house out to 700 yards. But to do that, you have to cut across the neighbor's corner. Uh, and yeah. that wasn't an option that day because the neighbor was hosting a wedding because it's a wedding venue. <laughs> so we couldn't shoot across the neighbor's corner that day, uh, which I wouldn't have been shooting at 700 for this anyway. But um, so it's a really nice kick-ass range that they've got built out there. So took it out there last Saturday and uh, took a couple shots at that 125 range, which is where we had set it originally, and it was dead on, two bullet holes touching each other. So we backed it up to that 235 mark. And the reason that these are like odd market yardages is just like the topography and the terrain and the way the trees are cut and stuff. Like these are just convenient spots to put these tables, right? So ballparking it, right? Yeah. Anyway, sighted her in at 235. And then I was like, hey, I want to back up to that 430 bench. And um, so, you know, a long range scope. It's got external turrets. I know you've got scopes like that, right? But meaning like you can always just spin the dials. You don't have to like unscrew a cap and get a nickel out and, you know, twist the thing underneath the turrets underneath the cap. Like you can just dial it and make adjustments for long range shooting in real time. So we Googled it up, figured out we needed 11 clicks for the extra 200 yards. And they've got three steel targets and then a big couple sheets of plywood for the paper targets. And so I held... There was a crosswind. I held off to the right side, right hand side of this 18 inch steel target and smashed it twice. Yes. So what are you super stoked? What are you comfortable shooting at an elk? Like what distance? After that, I would absolutely take a 400, a 450 in it. I'll shoot out to 450. Yeah. And and I think that's that's the only two shots I've ever taken at that range. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I plunked them both like no problem. So Mm. yeah. 415. I, I mean, I haven't done a lot of long range shooting I mean, on this continent, but in Africa, sometimes you're going to, you have to poke a little further. Yeah. And, and their mentality is different. It's so weird to be over there where they have tracking dogs, like where you're going, yeah. a blood tracking dog would be completely illegal. You couldn't take a blood tracking dog into most, on, on most federal land or state land. But over there, they're like, just get a bullet in it. And the first time I heard that, I was like, I'm sorry, do, uh, what? <laughs> they like make it bleed and we will track it down and shoot it again. And I'm like, really okay. pushing the boundary on my ethics at first. And I'm like, yeah, the tracking dogs make quick work of it. If you have to do a follow-up shot, which most of the time, you know, you get proficient at just making the right long range shot. Uh, there's been a couple of times where the dogs have had to come in, but by and large, man, it's a, uh, it's not something I want to spend a lot of time doing. It's like, I'm not, I don't have any desire to be a long range shooter, but I enjoy it. I enjoy being far away and just listening to that bullet. go. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I I kind of 
I plan to sort of do a little bit more of it. That's why I bought the scope. Yeah. Um, we just don't I need don't, to in Texas. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I really haven't ever been in a range the far, where a far shot on a white tail deer for most of us is 200 yards. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I'm going to make that shot all day long. Right. So, right. Hell, it was Henry really did, cool Henry to have at your ranch last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That blind y'all were at, I know you know, is like 186. Yeah. Uh, that's where Charlotte dropped her buck in its tracks, too. Um, Which I, I told you the taxidermist sent me a picture because so Henry took a follow up shot. The buck was facing us, laying on the ground, dying. Took a follow up shot, and I was like, "Don't shoot the antlers, but shoot them again, son." Freaking, we didn't know until we got up there that he blew a third of the left side of the antlers off. Luckily, yeah. it was laying right there, and the we almost lost it. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh, uh, he sent me a picture, and I was like, "Dude, Hen- you're gonna break Henry's heart if you don't know where the rest of that antler is." I was, I was like, "It was taped to the deer when I brought it to you." He was, "Oh, we'll find it." He sent me a picture ten minutes later with with it glued on there, so it's all good. Looks awesome. I'm going to surprise him with it uh, probably for Christmas. So the thing I'm most excited about, you know, being, obviously I'll get as close as we feel we can to an elk uh, Mm -hmm. next week, as long as the Lord blesses me with an opportunity. Um, But, you know, just knowing that I can double what would typically be my, you know, comfort zone. I mean, my comfort zone is very easily out to 450 now and that, you know, just means yeah. like if we're kind of got it a perfect perch and he's at 400 and we don't feel like moving will be a good idea then we'll just crack it off from there and you know you mentioned the african game the vitals on an elk are way bigger than most of that african game right because you oh, get yeah. that like super tucked forward you know low the big humps on their backs and stuff mm-hmm. I mean, elk vitals are huge but the thing that i was most stoked about was that scope has something called a zero stop which i know you're again you're undoubtedly familiar with but for those who aren't you have all this adjustment capability in a long range scope to elevate, to lob 1200 yard shots. Right. And so in some instances you might turn the dial around several times. The dial is marked with numbers, right. And it's got a zero marking. So like if you're at sighted at 235, like I am, then it should be, you can take the cap off and spin it so that when you put the cap back on your zeros facing you and your left and right, your windage is same thing. You get your zero facing you and, now, you know, when you turn it to zero, you're on at 235, right? Well, mm-hmm. problem can become if you dial it way up or way down, you can lose track of how many times you've spun it, right? So the zero stop is once you've sighted it in, then you can set the zero stop where you can't turn it down past that mark, that zero. Right. So we got that set too. went back out, plunked a six inch steel twice with it after making that adjustment too. So I just felt like locked in and ready to rock like the gun's yeah. dummy proof now you know 235 to be hitting six inch steel i'm good to go so and y'all are going in on horseback yep proper yep. my gear is all packed proper proper well i'm i'm hoping that uh it's gonna be snowing looks like which so okay so then what what boots do you have remember when we went to montana and you took those crispies and just threw them in the trash afterwards yeah. They weren't crispies, but yeah. They're scarpas. They were, what were they? Scar- scarpas, yeah. They were like mountaineering boots. Your feet were wet the entire time. And after yeah. after we got off the mountain, Chisholm literally took those boots at the trailhead, found a trash can, and was like, kiss my ass and threw them in there. Yeah. <laughs> so this year I have got uh the um Lathrop and Sons new uh mountain hunters. Mm-hmm. So they make their own boots now, the Lathrop and Son guys. It's very similar to that boot I wore the first year. Uh, which I did like, 
Um, I think I, I guess I wore those for the first couple of years. I all kind of, um, I think I'll be good on that front. I got insulated boots for the first time. I think 400 grain, uh, got some good socks. Don't forget gaiters. I'm taking my gaiters, but it's not going to be wet. It's going to be, you know, twenties in the morning and yeah, as like snow gets on you and you're sweating and then that turns wet. So I'm going to bring gators. my gators. Yeah. Gators are a must. Um, I'm just, I hope I don't mind at all that it snows. It'll actually be really cool. I just hope it doesn't push the elk down. Cause last, so the guy I'm going with that I work with, he's been with these folks twice now, uh, four years ago and two years ago. And his first year, they didn't hunt till November first or second weekend of November and the elk were up there at this camp and he put a bullet in one and they couldn't recover it. Um, but then two years ago he hunted the same week, the first week of rifle season, which is the end of October rifle season opens on the Saturday down there or up there. They had had heavy snow. If you recall that, that particular fall in like early October and then another mm -hmm. big snowstorm the week he was heading up and they got up there and all the animals were gone. So they kicked around for two days, confirming there were no animals, came down, went back to the lodge where they actually have some private ground and, you know, took another day or two to get on the animals down on the private ground. His buddy shot one, but he ended up running out of time and not getting one. Hmm. So the good news is this snow that's coming will be the first snow and it doesn't necessarily look like it's supposed to totally dump, but I really hope it doesn't F us up and drive all the animals out. Well, rifle I look season. forward to different animal. I've never hunted rifle season before. The recap. Yeah, it'll be a uh, badass wilderness uh, adventure one way or another. So, yeah, very cool. Um, all right. Well, should we start with the? Uh, should we get the fat shaming out of the way first? <laughs> Who are we fat shaming today? Well, yeah. I mean, if there's fat shaming to be done, you're, this is the show to do it. I'm and again, who is, I am not the, you know, I'm not a Greek God over here. I don't have, or a Greek, uh, yeah. Greek statue. I don't have a six pack. I got a little beer belly, but I also don't require two airplane seats. Chisholm. I only need one And American airlines this past week. They didn't know that this lady, Sydney Watson, who's a political commentator originally from Australia. Uh, she was flying to Dallas from New York when she was wedged between two people so obese that she couldn't put her tray table down. They're actually siblings, and she asked if they would mind sitting next to each other. They politely declined, so she was sardine between them. Their fat rolls, their sweaty-ass fat rolls were touching her the entire time. And she, she, she mentioned to American Airlines, she's like, uh, I purchased a seat. I'd like to have my entire seat. And they're like, sorry, the plane's full. And she's like, well, these people need two seats. It says on your, their policy is if you need a seatbelt extender, you need to buy two seats. Both of them needed a seatbelt extender and they didn't buy two seats. American Airlines, she tweeted this out. They responded, said, sorry, you had a, uh, a bad experience. That was all the... <laughs> all that they offered, which wasn't okay with her. Uh, so she started flaming him again. And I read today that they have recently compensated her for her misfortune on their flight. Could you imagine having to ask for a seatbelt extender? Like that would suck. 
I, yeah. I, you know me. I, I don't. Uh, you, you let yourself get that way. I, I, I don't. Uh, hmm. There's a difference have... between most Americans who are slightly overweight, and I'm not speaking up just because I'm one of them, and being grossly, grotesquely obese. If you, that have, you have no self-respect, respect, that's totally. I'm different. pretty sure you can be a hundred pounds overweight and not have to ask the airline for a seatbelt extender. For, for sure. And I've sat I mean, next to obese people many big times. People that don't need that. Many times. Yeah. But not 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 what this lady experienced, where you can't even right. put your tray table down to eat your meal. I mean, that's absurd. I just like I don't understand what it must be like to move around in life. Mm. Like, you know, the movie. Uh, uh, what's the uh, Vince Vaughn and Owen or Luke Wilson movie about college? Uh, there. Oh, old school. Old school. Yeah. There's a yeah. scene in old school where the morbidly obese kid is running. And he's got his shirt off and everything is like jiggling. His bits are jiggling in opposite directions and his, all of his different roles are jiggling in opposite directions. And it's like the first time I ever watched it, I kind of thought like, how do you control that? Like, how does he not just like start to vibrate and jiggle to where he can't, like, he just like would almost fly apart or just fall down. Like, you know what I mean? Like seems that if you started to run with that much weight, stuff bouncing in different directions it would just even if you were capable of running faster it would like hold you back because you'd have stuff bouncing down and up and backwards and left and right you know what i mean like mm. imagine feeling yourself flying apart <laughs> you're just trying and to jog. everything's going in a different direction i don't yeah. know and i'm not doing this to make fun of fat people i'm doing this because we have glorified the idea that being fat is healthy which is absolute cockadookie it ain't healthy. You're a drain on the healthcare system if you're morbidly obese. So and you might also get to play James Madison's 400 year old crystal flute. Huh. I don't understand the connection there, but Lizzo. Oh, at the Grammys or something See, the she, other day. She is she's the poster child for this whole conversation. James Madison had a flute made of crystal. Like, oh, that's the one, one Will Ferrell plays in Anchorman. Okay, is it? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know. We're being crystal, but anyway, yeah. Uh, she got to play it on stage for something the other day. Oh, made out of crystal. Yeah, right. Interesting. Like clear glass huh. flute that's half a millennia old at this point. One mm. of the founding fathers of this country, who pretty sure wrote the Federalist Papers. Yeah, uh, yeah. She got to play his flute. Yeah, you know. Or like the fattest country in the world, I think. Yeah, it's not even close. It's just, Dude, it's it's I went and some of you know what some of it's poverty, some of it's not. I, I'm gonna say there are other factors contributing to why people are obese. We export not, our we export our obesity. We export it. I went to Europe in 2001 with some buddies, and I saw nothing but fit people everywhere. Right. I went back with Ashley for somebody's wedding friend of ours wedding in 2012 and i saw half fat people everywhere we have More exported McDonald's. our obesity problem yeah. yeah um i do think that if you have a medical condition like your insurance company should probably help you get that second seat like if it's something that's out of your control which there are like people have thyroid problems there's other things that can cause people to uh, have weight problems you don't 
end I up have a 300 and you don't end up a 350 pound woman because of a damn thyroid problem. You get that way by being a gross slob. <laughs> Again, we're not talking about overweight. We're talking about people who are three people. Right. Hence the need for two airline seats. What is it's that? What movie is that from? You look like, uh, oh, I look like I ate Josh C- or what's the what's the John Cena? Oh, it's from uh, oh that one with Amy Schumer where she's LeBron James yeah. is in it. Yeah, and the, I know the guy's like calls him little. He's like little. I look like I ate John Cena. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, speaking of gross, she's gross. I she is terrible. She's a bad person. Right. I mean, like gross holistically, like all around, not just how she looks, but her behavior, how she acts, the things she says, who she is, her politics. Mm -hmm. She's related to Chuck Schumer, who's clearly a demon. Let's talk about something other than fat people. How about the big, huge turn in the polls? Then I have to red wave is coming, coming, coming. Um, Yeah. You're the one that keeps up with the polls. I was actually just listening to a podcast, though, where... Uh, let me pull up the stat they were referencing. Uh, you can keep talking here. Red wave. Um, all the polls for the last six weeks have been lying to you, and now they're finally having to tell the truth so that they don't have egg all over their face come November 8th. It really is. That's like... The media companies, as we've talked about, own the polls, right? Mm-hmm. The Times, you know, you name it. Hell, the Daily Wire owns a poll now, or at least conducts a poll with those Trafalgar people. So they're owned by the media companies. The media companies want your political dollars, campaign dollars, right? So they start saying, hey, it's really close. Oh, Dobbs decision, blah, blah, blah. And then three weeks from the race, they're like, oh, it's not that close anymore. It's not because anything changed, dude. It's not. I mean, maybe it tightened a little bit when he kind of got gas prices halfway under control. I don't believe it. I believe 100% that they fabricated through polling manipulation a closer race to drive dollars to their pockets. And now, in order to save face, they have to say, oh, it turns out it is going to be a red wave because they can't be dead-ass wrong three weeks from now. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's the stat I was looking at, and uh, it's it says from 1946 to current day, a president with a a sitting president with over a 50 percent approval rating still loses on average 14 yeah seats in Congress. That doesn't make any sense to me. If if everything's humming along, you you know you're over 50 percent. Why are you losing 14 seats? But that's they what always, history says. They always lose in the mid, you know, mid two two years after getting elected. Always. Okay. Because now, they all end up sucking. If you are a president who is under 50% approval, you lose on average over 30 seats. So yep. double. So even if half the country agrees with what you're doing, you're doing a great job, Joe, blah, 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 50%, you lose 14. Where Joe is at, and what is his approval rating now? Like right at 40%? Something like that? Supposedly. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's guaranteed to lose over 30 seats, historically speaking. Yeah. 
I would, I would bet money on it. So we, I, I cited to Real Clear Politics so a couple of shows ago. Uh, they at the time we were talking about it had 180 House seats for the Democrats to, I think it was 121 for the Republicans, and that was a three point three seat gain from just a few weeks earlier. They've got mm-hmm. the Re- Democrats down to 176. They've moved four more seats into the toss-up category. So, mm. I mean, it, it's everything is shifting the Republicans' direction. You everything. remember before the 2020 presidential election when I told you, and I don't remember if you agreed with me or not. I don't think you did. But I was very skeptical that we would ever win another election if they won. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Uh, with big tech going the way that it, it's still going the way that it is. Uh, I got to give credit to all of those Americans that have woken up who were on the fence and maybe are, they've decided that they're going to vote the other way this time. Um, I mean, we play this game of ping pong. Have I, know, but I thought technology years. was going to be the undoing of that. Well, thing. I just, all I'm saying is like, I don't, don't expect that like the what this waking period to last <laughs> the sun the, the sun will go down and night will fall dude you're building me up have, and now you're tearing me down telling me in two more years it's going to go the other way again i don't know about two years because i don't think our recession that's uh already here and not what recession yeah is going to be completely resolved in two years from now they still aren't calling it a recession well you know they rewrote the definition but... still a bunch of lying demonic psychos Cucks, as you referred to them in the uh, no last episode. Actually, you were talking about Rhino Republicans, but right, they're cucks too. <laughs> no, the Democrats are the uh, are the guys who have been invited into the marital bed. <laughs> the cucks <laughs> are the ones that are allowing it. So let's talk about what their rallying cries are right now, because it was abortion. And, and they're still trying to make it about abortion, right? Stacey Abrams, apparently, yesterday. In Dude, I'm going to play the audio. I'm going to play the audio. All right, cool. Yeah. Where she uh, basically says, like, if you'd let people have abortions, then you wouldn't have to worry about inflation. Well, let's just listen to it now. Yeah. Yeah, she's a real peach. You know, she's like Jordan's Same lady. Version Same lady of- who claimed that heartbeats, that audio of heartbeats and ultrasounds are fake fake sounds generated to let men control women how this lady still has a platform and like of of substance blows my mind but here she was this was on good morning uh the morning joe and i think his name is speaking of morbidly obese that lady needs to buy into to she she isn't as fat as the people i'm talking about on the plane i'll tell you that right now well that's uh uh, you're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy 
from the economic realities of having a child. Wow. It's your own fault because you didn't abort your child. That's why uh, you're facing economic strain. That's right like now. this lady wants to kill babies so badly that she will shoehorn abortion back into a conversation about economics when the questioner tried like hell to steer her away from it. Right. A lady who, when she was 30 years old, was unabashedly 100% pro-life. She is George's version of Beto O'Rourke. They can't get rid of her. Yeah, and they're both but, like we can't get rid of Beto. What when he loses the uh, gubernatorial uh, race? What is he going to do next? I'm pretty sure he's toast, dude. I think he's I think he's done after. This. He keeps coming back from the dead. Failed Senate, failed presidential, soon to be failed governor. I guess he could go back to Congress. I don't know. It goes back to what I said. I think the other day that. Isn't it awesome to watch how completely barren the Democrat cupboard is? Look at these retreats. Yeah. I mean, they the best they could do for the president of the United States against the wildly unpopular Donald Trump was to run out a, a senile dementia patient octogenarian because all of their other candidates were so bad. That was their best shot. And in Races like Texas and Georgia's gubernatorial elections, they're having to run out people who have never won shit. Right. Who have lost repeatedly in recent memory. It's awesome. It's awesome to watch them suck so bad. It would be really cool if they hadn't rigged the 2020 election and then spent $3 trillion and drove us into the worst uh, recession and inflation in 40-something years. But, you know, I guess on the flip side, they suck. And everybody knows it now. And it's... Um, fun to watch if trump would have won a little expensive i bet we would be having a blue wave right now well sure. they already had they would already had the house so because he would have lost 14 seats and they already had the house i don't know it's thank god we have a system of checks and balances at the end of the day unlike most other countries um it'd be it would have been interesting to see though i i know we wouldn't be mired in this recession and we wouldn't have past all of these ridiculously expensive acts labeled as inflation reduction, which ironically increases inflation. <laughs> yeah. The irony is not lost on me, man. <sighs> Insanity. And it's all mired. Or actually, it's disguised under the cloak of being a inflation reduction act, but it's really a climate control thing. <laughs> Climate change. Climate Speaking change, of climate change, I mentioned this before we started recording, but I saw an article right before we logged on that said that uh, the next pandemic is likely to come from a virus entrapped in glacial ice due to climate change. So yes, mm. they're now saying that climate change will unleash the next pandemic on us. Anybody who was listening to us two years ago or has been listening to No Agenda since I started promoting it, would know that we've been saying that was coming since day one of this thing. <laughs> They're going to use the panic that they drove from this pandemic yeah. straight into climate change. And then this is pretty clear. We're, we weren't both. claiming that we it's were going to die from glacier viruses. We were claiming that uh, they're going to continue with the pandemic hysteria. Right. The next control mechanism will be to triple down on climate change. And there's a guy from CNN who 
uh, Project Veritas got to say it on camera. Yeah. How can we continue with the mass formation? Oh, we saw what it did with pandemic number one. We'll go back to that well. Although it's funny because we all thought the monkeypox was the next thing. And then it, when kids and dogs Boy, started... Just, like literally well, they can't promote something that when when you know that it's only gay men that are getting it and then all of a sudden a few kids and dogs start getting it oof maybe we should revisit that <laughs> it's the truth dude you're laughing but that's why they stopped like this is not I'm a just good saying like us. it was like a light switch i hadn't even thought about the monkey pox thing in a month right like hadn't heard of it literally vanished from the headlines you're right like for two weeks Suddenly, stories part started popping up about kids getting it and dogs getting it. And then all the Jeffrey Epstein gangster pedophile types were like, yeah. Ixnay on the edophile pay in the LGBTQRS community now. But they haven't stopped, you know, the drag queen story. <laughs> the Babylon Bee has this great article on their site right now. Um, it said like... Uh, Said something like uh, <laughs> uh, promoters of drag queen story hour surprised to find uh, far less interest when they changed the name to uh, man in lingerie wants to talk to your kids or something, dance for your kids. <laughs> I, saw or something. That, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And I also saw in Plano, Texas, they had a, a uh, drag queen saying some. Very disturbing lyrics about my pee tastes so good. There's kids in the crowd. There's, and you could see women in the background. You could see in the video how lost society has become when these women, mostly women, are laughing and clapping and throwing dollar bills at this dude who's dressed up as a woman lifting up his skirt to show his package off saying my P and he's not even using penis. He's saying the P U S S Y tastes so good. You can lick it. All this other stuff is just absolutely grotesque. Old it's- ladies, like what looked to be 70 year old ladies just cracking up at it. I, I don't in Plano. I don't in Plano. Yeah. Um, <sighs> back to the red wave. So, there's a guy, J.D. Vance is his name. He is running against Tim Ryan. Hillbilly Elegy. In uh, Ohio. And and, and to, has Tim Ryan distanced from the Democratic Party on some level or something? Biden. He's distanced from Biden. As far as he can. Okay. And he, he's a 20-year politician. He's a career politician, Tim Ryan. Yeah. And he is, okay, so he is distanced from Biden. Uh, but he hasn't completely distanced from wokeist ideology. And so J.D. Vance and him had a debate in uh, Youngstown, Ohio. I don't want to play the the audio for you. Because I, and I think we touched on it, uh, you know, in episode 99 about how we're at the, we're we're the scum of the earth as white, straight men. And this guy, J.D. Vance is like, yeah, you're going to call me a racist because I'm white. Uh, and his backstory is a little more. So we have a, hold on, J.D. No, this is, this is disgusting. I'd like to get here's more. exactly what happens 
when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great, great replacement theory, I'll tell you exactly, it. I'll tell you exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies, of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the, the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I know you've been in office for 20 years, Tim, and I know it's a sweet gig, but you're so desperate not to have a real job that you'll slander me and slander my family. It's disgraceful. Mm. You can bet it off when Tim Ryan's response is, I think I got under this guy's skin. That's slime ball SOB. That's his retort. Yeah. You see it? I think I got under his skin with that a little bit. I think I got it. Oh, dude. Um, that's called flipping the tables. Yeah. Well, JD Vance is, is white and mm-hmm. has, I don't know what, what color his wife is. Don't really care. Uh, I wouldn't care if his kids were white or black or whatever. It doesn't matter. Apparently, though, he's the father of, obviously, like he said, three interracial children. It's weird when they and it's and it's just like them calling the conservative African Americans Uncle Toms, you know? It's the same thing. If you're not with us, then you're a racist. You Herschel Walker are a a simpleton, too you're you're doing the white man's bidding, you're too stupid to think for yourself. But that's the trump card. It always comes back to race. Always. And the irony and it's not lost on either one of us or probably our listeners is that there's no more racist there's no more racist party than the democrats true fact check true they're definitely the racists the ones who talk about race all the time they're mm-hmm. the racists for sure yep oh and it goes back to like <clears throat> i told you and i've used this alliteration before but you walk into a 7-eleven in 2019 i don't see people's skin color you walk into one in 2020 after everything that went on it's like oh I'm very aware of my whiteness and your blackness. And do I need to head nod to you or give you a thumbs up? Or do you hate me because I'm white? You know, like all of those things start going through your head, which is all part of their plan. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the stated plan, you know, it's, it, it's just like the world economic forum. It's not a conspiracy theory to say that they don't want us to own stuff. Cause they say, we don't want you to own stuff. The left it's not a conspiracy theory to say they want you noticing people's race because they say to be an anti-racist, you have to. And they want you, they, they say if you're not an anti-racist, then you're a racist. So somehow saying I don't believe in color or see color is now racist. And saying I make assumptions about a person and give deference to them because of their color is not. Two plus two. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Um, speaking of Senate races, uh, did you see how Herschel Walker pummeled uh, the demon warlock uh, in their debate? He did, Herschel really? Did. Herschel how, did good. Yeah, how could that simpleton ass. do the white man's bidding so eloquently? Yeah, he did. He did. He kicked his ass. That's because he's, even, he's a smart Even person. the New York Times acknowledged that he had... Like the best thing I heard about it, going back to the same outfit I was talking about on the last episode, National Review, they were like, you know that Herschel Walker won 
when nobody in the, you didn't even hear about it because the news won't talk about it. Hmm. The only thing they could point to was this silly moment where I guess Herschel Walker got an honorary sheriff's badge and he actually wears it. And so they were asking Warnock about supporting defund the police and he was lying, claiming he never did. And then he said, and I've also never pretended to be a policeman. Like, like, like my, uh, you know, whatever you call it, opposing candidate here. And mm-hmm. so Herschel like pulls a badge out of his jacket. And he's like, this is real. This isn't a prop. This is real. That was the only thing that the left would even acknowledge happened in the debate because it, and it didn't even, it was like a nothing burger, but it was the least damaging thing to Warnock and the most damaging they could come up with for Herschel. Herschel kicked his ass, dude. There was a moment where Warnock was defending abortion. You know, Baptist pastor Warnock. Right. And uh, they were asking him if he had, you know, an opinion on any abort- like limitations on the timing of abortion. You know, like, should there be a limit on when you can have an abortion? And his answer, which apparently is a canned answer he's had, he's repeated many, many times is, a labor and delivery room is not large enough for a doctor, uh, a woman, and the government. And so the government should stay out of it. In other words, kill it till the day it's due. Uh, the pastor is perfectly fine with. And Herschel, clearly prepared for this, had the response. Anybody notice who he left out? There's a baby in the room, too. Raph, <laughs> what about the baby? Is there enough room for the baby in the room with the doctor? It was good. Huh. There were several moments like that where he he got him good, man. So they're getting. I think he's going to win that race. They're they're mopping the floor with him in these debates. Then, yeah, I mean, the one thing can that, they believe it when they when it comes out of their mouth? Do they even believe what they're saying? Or 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 is JD Vance right where they are so desperate to maintain or gain political power that? They, that they put out these ideals that probably internally they don't agree with. And most Americans don't agree with them. So why do they do it? It doesn't make any sense. You're still, it's going back to pandering to the small percentage of people for I- inclusion and, and thus alienating. Oh, that's why there's going to be a red wave. Dude, they're evil, power-hungry bastards that don't care. Not that the conservatives don't aren't care. Power hungry. Right. No, no, all of them. But all of them. All that the conservatives have learned how to do, quite frankly, thanks to Trump, is fight. Yeah, he gave them all a backbone and made them realize, oh, conservatives in this country, Republicans, libertarians, people who don't want the government up their butts all the time, want to hear the media and these leftists get the shit smacked out of them. And the truth be told, that lady Carrie Lake. Out in Arizona. I like her. <clears throat> yeah. She had a uh, an awesome little quote this week where... She's running for governor, right? Yeah, she's winning the governor race in Arizona by like four points. Yeah. Um, she was a former like television news anchor or news person mm-hmm. and uh, journalist and everything in, in Phoenix. Uh, and she's, she's a dynamo, man. Like, you know, 30 plus... However long she was on television, like she's got the charisma. She's got the persona. She's smooth... You know, she's a smooth talker and she's a firebrand, man. She ain't backing down from nobody. Um, but, you know, she's a, 
election denier, as they're called, right? So her candidacy is a threat to democracy, according to all of the left, right? And she goes, so I'm a threat to democracy, huh? Well, I brought receipts. How about this? And she mentions Stacey Abrams to this day doesn't acknowledge that she lost the 2018 election. And Hillary Clinton called Donald Trump a uh, illegitimate president for four yeah. years and, you know, rigged the FBI against him. And, you know, just on and on and on and on down the list. She went back to the 2000 era when, you know, Gore was challenging Bush and all like she she pants them by calling like reading their words back to these mm-hmm. these people who are huddled around her. So, um, yeah. That's the kind of stuff, you know, everybody who's paying attention to the world wants to see because yeah. the Mitch McConnell's of the world have just that guy, <laughs> that guy's a cuck. He needs to go away. Mitch McConnell, I think is probably actually like into cuck holding. Like just look at him. You can tell <laughs> that CD bastard likes watching some other dude. <clears throat> anyway, these guys, yeah care more about Mitch McConnell is the perfect example. He doesn't want anybody talking about transgender stuff. Why not? It's really important to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a distraction. We should just worry about the economy and nothing else. Let uh, you know, let, let these people do what they want. So, you know what the you know what the motto of the Church of Satan is? Mm. Do as thou wilt. Yeah. Well, and Going back to one thing I always talk about is there's no account accountability when you do that. Huh. Guilt free, baby. Guilt free, no accountability. We do what we want when we want. Yep. Because the threat of repercussions, eh, not really there. Um, so abortion, I thought was gonna be their number one thing. And I think it probably still is. It's not working because people it's all care they more. have. It's all people like care more about the economy, right? Right. right. Everything else is every other potential conversation is bad for the left. Okay. They've wrecked the economy. They've, you know, got us into a war that could end up nuclear, right? They're pushing transgender ideology on 12 year olds and passing laws in California that say that if one of our kids was to go there and want transgender surgeries, and say that we didn't support it, they could take our kids from us. Did you know that? That California law supposedly says that Mm. your kid from Texas could be a ward of the state of California if they flee you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they want there. That's one interpretation of it. I haven't read the actual statute. So yeah, nothing nothing there. Even the abortion issue. I read a great article earlier today from actually The Hill, so not a right-wing website by any stretch. An article in The Hill was like, the, the Republicans are on offense on the abortion issue and they're winning. And this, I think it was a lady that wrote it, made the point, like, you know, you go back to the summertime when, you know, they were uh, threatening the lives of Supreme Court justices and, you know, breaking and, you know, graffitiing and doing all the ridiculous stuff they were doing out in front of the Supreme Court. I don't know if all that was happening, but I know that there was like a month of protest, right? And it looked like the polls sort of turned a little bit and a whole bunch of dumb Americans didn't even realize that Dobbs didn't make abortion illegal. It left it to the states. Well, fast forward six months later, and a lot of those people, I'm sure, have realized, oh, I can still get an abortion in my left-wing s-hole state. So maybe I didn't understand the issue right. Why do I give a shit about what happens in Texas? Mm-hmm. I bet a bunch of people have woken up in the last six months and realized, oh, that's not what that did. In the meantime, 
the polling has always shown significant majorities, like almost 70% of Americans say that abortion should be illegal after 15 weeks. And the reality is there's only seven countries on the planet where you can get an abortion after 15 weeks. There's only two countries on the planet where you can get one after 24 weeks. That's China. There's three. China, North Korea, and us. U.S. us. We are in good company. The reality is we've got politicians on the right with balls right now saying we made it a state's state's right issue as to what, when, and how to treat this human life in the womb. And a 15-week ban is actually what the darn court case was about. It's kind of where many of these states are settling. There are some states like ours that have reduced it all the way to the start of a heartbeat. But you know what? So be it. What does that do to New York? Not a damn thing. Right. And I, I think even on this issue, it's all they've got because the most radical, demonic psychopaths in their base that do want to stab nine-month pregnancies in the brain, they're real animated by their sacrifices to Moloch. But they're not the majority. Mm-hmm. They're like less than 20% of the country. And you can only lie to people so long about the outcome of a decision like Dobbs before people look around and say, wait, nothing's changed here. I thought, I, I thought that we were in the handmaid's tale now, but um, the Planned Parenthood, you know, on the other side of the tracks from my neighborhood that's killing a whole bunch of black babies is still killing a whole bunch of black babies. So maybe this isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. End rant. So, okay. So abortion is not going to win it for them. Come on, man. That you was, know what their fault? You, gotta, you know what their fault? You should you should give me at least a golf clap for that. That was a rant. <laughs> Especially <laughs> ending it there with the Go ahead. You just made me snort. I'll give you that. There's a little a little slow clap for you. Thanks. It's building. Uh You know the other thing they like to do which has no substance though, but it's like uh, the, when the abortion thing's not working, they got to have something else. They they like to pick on two people, DeSantis and Abbott two bastions of freedom and one when they sure. do that it's complete deflection like there's no yeah isn't there's no substance that like like uh go or mayor adams in new york city for example wants to brag on greg abbott or desantis and it could be related to immigration or it could be complete you know something totally separate like the don't say don't say gay bill which is not what it was at all and people, uh, uh, politicians all over the country gravitate towards those two because they're threats. They, I think that freedom spreads. The idea of liberty is still alive and well in those places, and it's a threat to them. But I think the gig's up on that. Like, no one cares about... Those are the two things I see them doing the most these days. Rag on DeSantis and Abbott and bitch about abortion. And I don't yeah, think... I mean, the- Either one of those carry enough sway to stop the red wave. So I'm the only people who the only people who catch more hell than those two are the Herschel Walkers and Larry Elders of the world who dare to be black and have conservative principles. Think for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, man. I I think I've mentioned this conversation, but I don't know if I mentioned this specifically. But the summer when I was talking with mom about a lot of this stuff. And I, I had uh, really made some real progress, whether it was the day where she was like, I don't know why we're having to talk about this, uh, this uh, 
transgender stuff, you know, and I misconstrued her as saying like, I don't know why we're having to have this conversation. She's like, no, I don't understand why the country, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. We're on the same page. Finally. I rambled off the names, Larry Elder and Carol Swaim. And, uh, you know, at the time I had, I don't know, four or five that I was able to just, oh, uh, um, um, Thomas soul and, you know, three or four other legendary, brilliant black conservatives. Uh, I just rambled them off and she was like, I don't know who any of those people are. And you could tell in the tone of her voice, she was like, maybe I should, by the way, you yeah. just, and I was like, exactly, mom. Why do you think that is? And it was right about the time where she had said something like, I don't understand why, you know, anytime a black person stands up to sort of speak out against this quote system of oppression, they get labeled Marxist by the right. And I go, mom, they're not getting labeled Marxist. They call themselves Marxist. I'm not calling them that. They're calling themselves that. Like on video, I can show you. I mean, I would call them that anyway, because they are, because regardless mm -hmm. of whether they call themselves that or not, their language comes straight out of the Communist Manifesto, but they don't hide it. They're Marxists. Anyway. Did you hear about... Arizona. So I didn't even know Arizona was doing this. Uh, so once Trump's border wall, once Biden got elected and the border wall went to crap and we know what's happening on the border, dead guys show up on your ranch, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Arizona started putting up massive shipping containers to in, in places, you know, where the border wall wasn't complete. And did you know that Biden, the feds ordered Arizona to remove shipping container border wall. Did you know that? I hadn't seen that. This was yes. This is two days ago. Arizona governor bucks Biden's order to remove shipping container border wall. I don't know who the current governor of Arizona is. Uh, or if it's, um, is, is Carrie Lake running against the incumbent or is the current governor I don't retiring? think so I think Ducey I think Ducey is either hit a term limit or I bet he it's either a term limit or he stepped down I don't I think they're both there's no incumbent in the race what's Ducey's first name I don't know I, I should have known Ducey, I should have looked this up but like I don't that. know oh, yeah, okay well anyway Ducey basically said to Biden shove it <laughs> Because you're not doing a damn thing. You haven't done a damn thing about the border. You pretend like the crisis doesn't exist. We're actually trying to do something. And you're trying to undermine anything that we're doing. Not only to the point of denying it exists, not helping us out. But when we try to be proactive, you want to tear that down too. I think the border... I think the border is... Uh, I think it's a, another reason why they're going to lose, like a, a significant one. Oh, dude! And I'm not sure. Certainly, with with within the South, but would you say the average person that voted for Biden in 2020 cares more about the border, the economy, gas prices, inflation? Those are all kind of connected. Would you say that they care about that more than abortion? Yeah. Yeah. That, so the, the biggest Putting food on your table turns out to be pretty important. 
when it affects your bottom line. The biggest polling news this week was the New York Times poll um, that came out that showed a 4% surge for Republicans in the general ballot, which in July was 1% for the Dems. It showed a 47-47 tie among women and like a 60-30 advantage for men. It showed 18% of black people were planning to vote for the Republicans. 35% of Hispanics, that number is low. That's BS. And it's predicted a full-blown red wave, but they interviewed a lady who's a Democrat from the Upper East Coast who said, yeah, abortion is important to me, but it's not more important than this inflation issue. We have to get control of this economy. There's an East Coast Democrat who's like, the, I'm really furious about Dobbs, but it ain't as important as this inflation crisis. For you personally, Chisholm Cook, where would you rank the economy, abortion, and the border? And, and obviously gas and inflation are lumped in with the economy. Um, spiritually speaking, abortion would be number one. But... I believe in the separation of church and state, which is why the Dobbs decision is spot on. Mm-hmm. Leave it to the states. Let it be federally federalist style regulated at a relatively local level. And the U.S. government should stay the F out of it. And that's the law of the land now. So it's a non-issue uh, as far as how I'm going to vote. And it really would have always been. Other than I would have voted for conservatives who would put anti-abortion candidates on the Supreme Court. Uh, like the last guy did and more power to him. Mm-hmm. So that really just leaves immigration and inflation. And yeah, I mean, I just, I think the economy, man, getting our spending under control um, and allowing for economic growth is really the only thing that the federal government, the federal government should be protecting our borders, security. I mean, all they should be there for is to get out of the way of business to provide some level of social safety net and highway funding, that sort of stuff and military and military, which would include, because I'm not an interventionist. I don't think we should have anything to do with wars going on outside of our own country. I believe in what Ron Paul had said all along, bring them all home and secure the country. Right. And border Which security, goes back to what I, immigration, what I said recently about being a nationalist, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Immigration to me is a is part of that border that that national defense strategy, which they've completely abandoned. Should be, it's not. Don't have them. And there's only yeah. and there's only one there's only one reason why it's because they want they want to make them all citizens and let them vote. There's no other explanation for it. I'm not no. nearly as adamant about the immigration thing as you are. Um, the part about it that chaps my ass is that I know what they're trying to do. They Which know is what that I just said they're losing. They're losing the Hispanics. They're losing the black vote, and they're trying to replace those voters with a bunch of people that they invited in illegally. Here's your citizenship. Vote for us. Well, they're not yeah. even granting them citizenship, but you know, in some place, in a place like California, they just get to vote regardless. <laughs> it's true, and yet, a country whose ass we kicked—actually, we know we never kicked their ass. Sorry, I misspoke there. Whose ass we saved 
in France makes you show up in person to vote. Yep. Then you have to be a citizen. What a novel concept. In-person voting, got to be a citizen. No. You are too stupid and your skin is too dark. You don't have a valid ID. You can't vote from the racist left. <laughs> right. I'm just saying, I mean, I'm dumbing it down, but that's basically what they're doing when they in- insinuate that African-Americans don't have IDs. We've talked about how racist that is many times. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have anything else. That's uh, that's all I had on my on my run sheet. If you want to go anything else. Well over an hour. I'm done. You're spent. My phone's been ringing off the hook in the meantime, so I need to uh, address that. Okay, well, way to end one episode 100 on a high there. Just a oh, fizzle. yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good luck on your hunt. Bring me back some elk meat. Eat the heart on the mountain. These are the things you should do. Okay. All right. And we'll be certainly hoping and trying to do all those things. And thank you. Be safe. Don't all right, buddy. get eaten by a grizzly bear. Yeah. See those two wrestler kids? Dude, got yeah. Slashed across Freaking the face. Heroes. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Is a hero. Badass. Yeah. So if you haven't seen that, just look up that story. These two rush, college wrestlers were doing a like a hike in the mountains and a grizzly bear came out of nowhere and mauled one of them. And then his buddy just like found his inner grizzly bear and just started attacking the grizzly bear. <laughs> and it cost him dearly. Yeah. I mean, he's he I read I read his comments. He said, I could feel my skull crunching under the power of the grizzly's jaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll sleep good tonight on that note. Thanks, bro. <laughs> All right. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in to episode 100 of Justified Pursuit. Don't get mauled by a grizzly bear. And we will see you next time. Yay.